We shall fight with growing confidence and growing strength in the air. We shall fight on the beaches. We shall fight on the landing grounds. We shall fight in the fields and in the streets. We shall never surrender until in God's good time, the new world with all its power and might steps forth to the rescue and the liberation of people. In times of universal deceit, truth is the only rebellion left. On today's show, I'm going to discuss the Ten Commandments and the Seven Deadly Sins. More specifically, I'm going to talk about coveting and why we're not supposed to do it. And I'm going to use Justice Sotomayor and Anthony Fauci as my examples. I'm Dr. Everett Piper. And this is The Rebellion. Welcome to today's Rebellion. Today's topic is the word covet. I want to talk about why coveting is a sin, why it's cited in the Ten Commandments as a sin, thou shalt not covet. We're going to talk about what coveting means, and I'm going to tie this into the seven deadly sins that have been cited by Christendom for centuries. Four of the seven deadly sins are pride, envy, greed, and lust. And I'm going to argue that all of those overlap with, or perhaps are even grounded in, rooted in this concept of coveting. Wanting something that you don't have, looking outward, saying, I deserve that, I want that, I'm going to get that, I don't care if it's yours, give it to me. This sin of coveting is showing itself to be rife within our culture right now. The deception, the lies that you see from, for example, Justice Sotomayor and Anthony Fauci right now are grounded in this issue of coveting. The, the whole agenda of race baiting, these race hucksters right now, of critical race theory, of intersectionality, of systemic racism... These arguments for white privilege, or against white privilege, I should say, arguing for the concept of privilege based on the color of an individual's skin, judging them because of that rather than the content of their character. The whole agenda is grounded in coveting, looking outward, fancying yourself to be better than those other people and deserving what they have. Socialism is grounded in coveting. Communism is grounded in coveting. It's selfishness. It's the elevation of self. This is the nature of what we're dealing with right now. And when Justice Sotomayor lied to us this past week in her questioning, by telling everybody, telling the nation by virtue of her questions, that we have 100,000 people, 100,000 children to be more specific, 100,000 children that are currently in great physical distress, Children committed to intensive care units and on ventilators. When she said that, she was either lying or she was incredibly ill-informed and stupid. Because the data shows that there's only between 3,000 and 4,000 of such children across the entire United States since the beginning of this pandemic that have been put in intensive care and put on ventilators and whatnot. She inflated that to 100,000 to try to justify her desire 
to take your freedom away. She covets your freedom because she covets more power. She wants to have the power to tell you how to live. When Anthony Fauci was caught this past week on a hot mic calling Senator Roger Marshall of Kansas a moron and using the Lord's name in vain as he did so, when he was caught doing that on a hot mic, he demonstrated that he covets the freedom. He covets what Roger Marshall has, and that is knowledge, and that is freedom to oppose Anthony Fauci, to ask good questions, to challenge him. Anthony Fauci doesn't want Roger Marshall to have those things, those abilities, those privileges, that freedom. He covets that, and therefore, what's he going to do? He's going to stoop to junior high ad hominem attacks of another medical doctor. Roger Marshall, Senator Marshall, is a medical doctor, and he's a veteran, my land. He has fought for our country. And Anthony Fauci has the audacity, the immaturity, the adolescent pugnaciousness to say, and I quote, what a moron, Jesus Christ, unquote. Now, that's a quote. I would never use that language unless I was just trying to point out that somebody else said it. Why wouldn't I do that? Because it is disrespectful to God. It's using the Lord's name in vain. Would Anthony Fauci ever show such disrespect to a Muslim? Would he disparage the name of Muhammad? Would the media allow him to get away with it? Would Washington, D.C. and all of the leftist oligarchs allow Anthony Fauci to get away with besmirching the name of another religious leader, such as Mohammed? The answer is no. You know as well as I do that they would not permit that. The fires of hell would be unleashed against anyone who dare disparage the name of Mohammed, but you can disparage the name of Jesus Christ all you want with impunity. No one cares. Perhaps that's a different story for a different time. The point is, Anthony Fauci is arrogant and rude. This chicken little of a man, as I said in Monday's show, this chicken little of a man runs around screaming, the sky is falling, the sky is falling, the sky is falling. And when the rest of us look up and see blue skies and, and, and no danger, at least relatively little, and we say, wait a second, the sky isn't falling. We can live normally. We don't need to li live in fear, Dr. Fauci. I know you want to gen it up so that you can get more power and control over us, but no, we don't believe you any longer. You're nothing but chicken little. You're a little Napoleon of a man that just wants more power because you have small man's disease. You're arrogant. You're pugnacious. You're rude. We're going to question you. When that happens, what's he do? He responds and shows his cards. He covets the power. He covets the prestige. He covets, he covets those things. He wants those things. It's the growling, guttural demand of Gollum, of Gollum in The Lord of the Rings, saying, I want my precious. I want my power. I want that ring. Give it to me. Give it to me. This is what Anthony Fauci has done and demonstrated over and over again. And it's what Justice Sotomayor has demonstrated in her quest, her arrogant, her arrogant, pompous, authoritarian quest to put her thumb on everybody else in the nation, even if she has to lie 
by 30-fold, 30-fold, at least 30-fold in order to make her point because we do not have 100,000 children in intensive care units. We haven't since the beginning of the pandemic. The highest number out there right now is 4,000 and change. 4,000 and change. And she is saying that somehow that number is 100,000. Either she's just listening to Rachel Maddow to get her information, or she's lying to you for the sake of her own power. Coveting. That's today's show. And when I get back, I'm going to tie this in to a quote from Booker T. Washington about race baiting. Now, what's that have to do with coveting? I'll point it out. I'll point it out to you. The common thread here is the sin of wanting something else from someone else that you currently don't have and doing anything you can to get it. That's not right, and that's not the basis, the foundation. That's not a good soil, if you will, to plant a healthy culture and a healthy society. I'm Dr. Herbert Piper, and this is The Rebellion, and I'll be right back in a couple minutes. Welcome back to The Rebellion. All right, so I've spent uh, a few minutes here setting up this discussion for today, this, this monologue for the day, I should say. I guess we're not having a discussion, are we? You're listening. I'm talking. I wish we could have a give and take. I wish we could have a live mic Q&A time. I enjoy that more than the monologue, to be quite candid. I tried that at one time on the show, by the way. I, I invited you all, as you listened, to uh, text in your questions, if you had any, and I would try to respond. Now, we could do that again, by the way. Um, I could set up a text number again. But uh, what happened is I wasn't getting that much response. So I decided to set that aside. I thought, maybe you're not interested in that. But if you are interested in sending me questions, just go to my Facebook page. It's Dr. Everett Piper. My Facebook page is Dr. Everett Piper. You can follow there, and then you can send me private messages and ask me questions if you want. You could just say, I'm a listener of the rebellion, and um, I'd, like to, I'd like you to respond to this or that or whatever, and I'll read it over. And if it has the makings of a good show, a good Q&A time, then I'll try to go down that path. So why don't you think of doing that, okay? So... I said I wanted to play off a quote from Booker T. Washington. And yes, this is an actual quote. I checked it out because sometimes quotes are spurious. We don't know for sure if the person that they're attributed to actually said them. But I checked this out by talking to Eddie Hoff, my friend down in Tulsa, who is actually on the Booker T. Washington Institute. I think he's the executive director of that. He has a high role with, within that particular organization. All right, so here's the quote from Booker T. Washington. There is a certain class of race problem solvers who don't want the patient to get well because as long as the disease holds out, they have not only the easy means of making a living, but also an easy medium through which to make themselves prominent before the public. Close quote. I'm going to read it to you one more time. I want you to listen to these wise words of Booker T. Washington. This is a man we should read more widely, by the way. This is a man who had good answers to the problems that face the United States. He had good answers to the problem, problems that face to his own community, the black community, if you will. This is a man that looked outward rather than inward. This is a man who 
recognized that anger and selfishness and coveting would not solve anything. In fact, it would just exacerbate the problem and make it worse. This is a man who believed in personal responsibility, personal morality, uh, personal culpability. This is a man who believed that if you just leave people alone and teach them how to live their own lives as moral, responsible adults, that that would be the solution for any community, whether it is black or white. He didn't want white do-gooders or black race hucksters coming in and using black people to gain more power, to gain more public prominence. He recognized he recognized what these people were doing. So within that context, I'm going to go back and read that quote again. There is a certain class of race problem solvers, he said, who don't want the patient to get well because as long as the disease holds out, they have not only an easy means of making a living, but also an easy medium through which to make themselves prominent before the public. Close quote, Booker T. Washington. Now, what's that have to do with coveting and what's that have to do with today's show? Well, I want you to broaden this quote a little bit with me, if you will. Let's take out one word and say the same thing again. Let's take out the word race and just read this quote, and I think you'll get my point. There's a certain class of problem solvers who don't want the patient to get well because as long as the disease holds out, the disease will give them not only an easy means of making a living, but an easy medium through which to make themselves prominent before the public. You get the point here? There's a certain class of people out there, problem solvers. They don't want you to get well. They don't want the patient to get well. Uh, As long as the disease holds out, these problem solvers, these do-gooders, these hucksters, make money and gain power. They gain prominence before the public. And they know it. This is Anthony Fauci. This is Justice Sotomayor. This is MSNBC, ABC, CBS. This is the description of the hucksters that stand before you on a daily basis and tell you stuff that isn't true. And they know it isn't true. They tell you stuff about the disease that's plaguing us. They don't want to cure the disease. They want the disease to hold out because that disease, at least if we believe that it's there, that disease will give them more power over you. It'll give them more public prominence. It'll make them more money. These people are hucksters. They covet power. They covet attention. They can't stop themselves from saying stupid things in front of cameras because they know that as long as they have the bully pulpit, that public attention, and as long as they can get 50 plus 1% of you to follow them, they can strut about naked as a jaybird, as an emperor with new clothes. It doesn't matter. It doesn't matter because that gives them power over you because they are the emperor. It doesn't matter whether, whether or not the clothes are real. It doesn't matter whether or not racism is rife within our country. It doesn't matter whether or not COVID is killing a gazillion people. It doesn't matter that the truth is that 99 point plus percent of us actually are fine after we've had COVID. It doesn't matter whether or not there's only 3,000 to 4,000 
children from the beginning of the pandemic that have put in been put in intensive care units and on ventilators or whatnot. Say it's 100,000. Say it's 200,000. Say it's a million because it doesn't matter. Nothing matters other than them retaining their power. This is Anthony Fauci. This is the textbook definition of what he's doing. He's a huckster. He, he, he is a problem solver. He doesn't want the patient to get well because as long as the disease holds out, he only he has a means of making money and that's becoming apparent every day. That's why, that's why he was being asked to disclose his financial records. And he lied about that, by the way. He said that his financial records with regard to gain-of-function research have been public. That's not true. He was being questioned. He was caught. He knows that he's hiding some things. He lied about it, used the Lord's name in vain, and called his questioner a moron, a veteran, another medical professional, another MD. He called that man, called Fauci called that man a moron. I want to make that clear. Fauci was the one calling the senator a moron, not the other way around. My point is this. My point is this. This stuff was covered by the church over the centuries. I mean, Moses wrote about it some 3,000, 3,500 years ago when he passed down the revelation of God in the form of the Ten Commandments. You know what those Ten Commandments are, don't, don't you? I'm going to read them to you. Sometimes we forget. Here are the Ten Commandments. You shall have no other gods before me. In other words, start worshiping yourself. Start worshiping me, said God. You shall not make any idols. That ties into the first one, right? Have no other gods before me and stop making idols. So, number one, you shall have no other gods before me. Number two, you you shall not make idols. Three, you shall not take the name of the Lord your God in vain, Anthony Fauci, and the rest of you. There's, I, I've had people in my house that have used God's name in vain, and I make it clear. I make it clear that that's not acceptable in my house. And again, these same liberals and progressives would never disparage the name of another quote-unquote religious leader, but they seem to feel great liberty to disparage the Christian God. Remember the Sabbath day and keep it holy. Honor your father and your mother. That is a Ten Commandment, by the way. You shall not murder. You shall not commit adultery. You shall not steal. And you shall not bear false witness against your neighbor. In other words, don't lie. And then number 10, you shall not covet. Now we could spend a whole show on each one of these Ten Commandments, but I want to remind you that one of them is you shall not covet. You shall not covet. And what does that mean? You should not want other things that other people have to the point that that becomes a fixation of yours and you'll do anything to get that. That's what it means. Now, the seven deadly sins that were defined by the Catholic Church hundreds and hundreds of years ago are worth noting here, too. What are those seven deadly sins? Lust, gluttony, greed, sloth, wrath, envy, and pride. Those are the seven deadly sins. Now, the word covet is not in those, but I would argue that covet is the foundation. It's the soil. Coveting is the foundation in the soil out of which lust grows. What is lust? Well, it's not just sexual desire. It's a desire for, it's this insatiable desire for something else, for food, for fame, for power, and for sex. 
it's this lack of self-control because you want something so bad you won't control yourself in your efforts to get it. Again, it's grounded in the desire for something that other people have. Food, fame, power, and sex. That's lust. Another one is greed. And, and it's like lust. It's a sin of excess. I want more. I want more. I want more of what? Yours. Greed is the desire to get and hoard something that other people have. Weapons, money, sex, and power. That's greed. Now, another one is envy. Now, like greed and lust, envy is an insatiable desire. It's, it's, it, it, it's this desire, this, this want of coveting something else that other people have gotten more of. And you'd think, you think that you deserve it and you're envious and you want it. You want those other people to be brought down low so that you can take what's theirs, which leads you to violate another of the Ten Commandments, and that is, thou shalt not steal. Do you see the underlying premise to socialism that I'm describing in all of these seven deadly sins and in the Ten Commandments? Thou shalt not covet. Socialism ignores that and elevates covetousness to um, a virtue rather than a vice. It, it encourages people to be envious. It encourages them to want more. It encourages them to lust after something, to desire something, to want that power so badly that you're blown around by the winds of a lack of self-control, to refer to Dante's Inferno. Now, one of the things that I want to say before the end of the show is, I would argue that all of these things are also grounded in pride, which is one of the seven deadly sins. What did C.S. Lewis say of pride? He said it's the most anti-God state of mind. It's the sin that leads to all other sins. Pride. Almost every list of sins is probably going to have pride within it, if not as the foundation of it. Because pride says I, I deserve that, or this, or yours. I deserve what's mine. It could be argued that Lucifer's fall, Satan's fall from heaven into hell, was driven by pride. It's the most anti-God state of mind. Jealousy, covetousness, envy, greed, lust, even gluttony and Wrath and sloth are all grounded in pride. So the bottom line is the Bible tells us, the Ten Commandments tells us, Western civilization tells us, the history of Christendom tells us. I mean, you can go back to halfway through the first millennia and we see the codification of the seven deadly sins therein. We've been told for eons not to covet but today our culture is driven by it, and Sotomayor's deception, her sleight of hand, demonstrates that she's elevated this covetousness attitude to what she considers to be a virtue, because as a virtuous person, she's going to control the masses to keep you safe. 
So just give her more public time, more of a bully pulpit. Give her the opportunity to prance and strut in her arrogance, and she'll solve your problems by lying to you because she covets power. And Anthony Fauci is the poster child of this in our day, in our time. He will do anything to retain his power. This man's a liar. He's a deceiver. He envies. He lusts after more. He, he's greedy. He's jealous. And he will lie to anyone at any time about anything to keep you from knowing the truth about even his financial records for the sake of retaining his power. There's a reason that we have this description of little Napoleon, small man's disease, as, as a caricature, there's the word, as a caricature of narcissism. There's a reason for that. And I'm not disparaging those who are of small stature per se. Some of you listening to me right, right now may not be as tall as the guy next to you. That doesn't mean that you're a bad person. I'm not saying that. But there's a reason that we have this caricature of the Napoleon complex. Because Napoleon was a small man who wanted to be big. He coveted something that was not his. And because he coveted size and stature and power and prominence that was not his, this small man tried to destroy the world in his quest for power. And he succeeded in great measure until he met his Waterloo. All of us, regardless of whether you're six foot five or five foot five, have that same sin endemic in you. You want more. You don't think you're big enough now so you can make yourself bigger by stealing somebody else's size and height and money and power and property. Steal their freedom so that you can be in charge. That's the Napoleon complex. That's small man's disease. That's narcissism. People, that is covetousness. Coveting is a sin. We're told in the Ten Commandments, the Tenth Commandment, by the way, is thou shall, shall not covet. One more time, thou shall not covet. What somebody else has is not yours. And you shouldn't sit around and want it. You shouldn't lie for it. You shouldn't envy. You shouldn't be jealous about it. You shouldn't be greedy. You shouldn't deceive. Because the ends don't justify the means. They don't. And anytime you hear somebody like Sotomayor or Fauci saying, well, essentially what I said is the truth. I just may have exaggerated the numbers a bit. Because that's probably what they're going to start saying now. No. Your ends of manipulating the facts in favor of your power and your control over all the rest of us, your ends don't justify your means. You're guilty of coveting. You're guilty of sin, and you should be fired. I'm Dr. Piper, and this is The Rebellion.